It's Sunday, December 6th. Welcome to a new episode of Bazaar. I'm your host, Sid, and joining us today is Rishabh Khanna. It's good to have you, buddy. Hey, I said, thank you for again inviting me to your podcast. People might have noticed that whenever we have an IPO, I did an uh, episode with Rishabh on UTI AMC's IPO as well. So he is the in-house IPO guy. So whenever there is an IPO going on and, you know, it's coming. So Rishabh is my go-to person. So this week, it's going to be all things Burger King. We will take a final look at what's being considered as the fastest growing QSR chain in India. We'll also take a look whether the hype is real or not. And we will analyze the long-term potential of the company through several parameters like competitive advantage, growth of the company, and the industry where the QSR industry is going and the fierce competition that the company faces. And we'll also touch upon the financials and the valuations of Burger King India. You know, this is this is one of the best times to come out with an IPO because the markets are hitting all-time highs, you know, Sensex, Nifty at all-time highs right now. We are running high on greed and Burger King was no exception. The issue was oversubscribed by 156 times and people are clamoring over to get a piece of the company. Uh, the size of the IPO is around 810 crores, out of which 360 crores would be off of a sale, which basically means that that money is not going to be used by the company. It's basically the promoter selling their own stake in the company. And the rest of the money is a fresh issue, around 450 crores, which will be utilized to pay off debts and, you know, to expand the store count. So... Rishabh, tell us something about the uh, the objects of the issue and what do you think of it? Yes, Sid, as you have rightly pointed out, it is an 810 crore issue, which has an offer for sale as well as fresh equity of shares. Now, the offer for sale is just for the promoters to reduce the shareholding and to cash out on their investments, while the fresh equity is going to be utilized partly because the company has a commitment to open 700 stores by 2026 so they need to open more stores they have they are using it to pay off their debt and the remaining portion is going to be used for general corporate expenses now if given a chance i would like to touch upon the history of the company so burger king has quite an interesting history it was kind of uh, started in the year 1953 and it was known as insta burger so hmm. there were two people who kind of saw the success of McDonald's and wanted to replicate it. So they started a chain known as Insta Burger. In the year 1959, Burger King Corporation was incorporated. So the name Burger King that we know today was incorporated in the year 1959. After that, the company was again sold in the year 1967. This time to a company known as Pillsbury. This is a company which I think so a lot of people would be aware of. They sell flour, wheat in India. Mm. So this was taken over by Pillsbury, after which the ownership again changed hands in the year 1988 and in the year 2002. And if you think that is the end of the change of ownership, no, it is not. <laughs> the ownership of the company again changed hand in the year 2010. This was due to the financial crisis which kind of impacted the company and the company had to be delisted from the stock exchange and the company that we know today was incorporated in the year 2013. So uh, coming back to the Burger King India. So Burger King India as an entity was formed in the year 2013 from which they have started their operations in the year 2014 and they have a lot of number of stores which we would be covering in the subsequent op. So a lot of change of hands over the years and not a single promoter that the company has 
had you know for a stretch of time so that's a interesting thing to know but over here we're talking about burger king india which is a pure franchisee of burger king corporation and the promoter of burger king india is actually qsr asia which uh, is the holding company of burger king india and to just give you a brief burger king india operates on a pure franchise model okay it has the exclusive rights to develop operate and franchise burger king stores and as per the franchise agreement you know they have to pay some royalty as a percentage of sales and they also have to pay a one time store opening fees to the corporation but you know what they get in return is the brand value of burger king which has an amazing recall you know burger king is one of the largest fast food chains all over the world so that's that's just a brief about the company and let's start with the parameters let's you know start unraveling the company one by one so what do you think is the competitive advantage of burger king that has over its peers so sadat the biggest advantage that the company has is the brand in itself as you said it is an established player in the qsr industry in fact it has branches in addition to more than 18500 worldwide now as i said in uh, the qsr industry is a fiercely competitive industry companies have to invest a lot in r and d capabilities come up with innovative products have to maintain their supply chain invest in marketing and advertising and being an established player helps the company adopt best practices implemented at different locations and that can be replicated in india so the competitive advantage that the company has is the brand in itself mm. and also i think you know any uh, any innovation that happens abroad by burger king us could very well trickle down and benefit the franchisees that are operating in india you know the the indian franchise of burger king could directly benefit from any innovation any changes in menu that happens and i'll give you an example if you remember burger king had partnered with a plant based meat company called impossible foods and they had released a you know some sort of a very innovative product called impossible whopper and this plant based meat burger had generated a lot of excitement i remember people were clamoring over it the, the product was out of stock within a few days and people wanted to p- grab a piece of it and i'm not sure why they <laughs> did not bring this product in india you know they didn't even launch it in india but i i think because uh, indians are not very familiar with the concept of plant based meat yet so so this is what really could benefit burger king india in the long run any innovation that happens like the impossible whopper they could very easily capitalize on the developments made abroad and they would not need to spend on the r&d at all you know that that expenditure is just gone away so i think that's also exactly, exactly. a very good competitive advantage and this is something which other franchises also have so it's not the like it's not a one way thing mcdonalds dominos all of these franchises actually have that competitive advantage and moving on to our second parameter which is growth of the company and of the industry as a whole what do you, what do you think about that what do you think about the growth of the qsr industry and how much of that could be capitalized by uh, burger king india so sadat if you see the indian qsr market has a lot of established players we have mcdonalds we have subway we have burger king we have dominos we have yum food brands so the main reason why these 
major food chain enter into the indian market is the growth opportunities now if you see what are these companies looking after the major plus point that india has is as we all know we rank number 2 in the population our median age is 29 years these mm. companies cater to these kind of millennial generations or you will say people in the age bracket of 20 to 40 because they are mainly their target customers urbanization has increased in india with urbanization people bring in change in food preferences so that kind of helps these companies to develop their market base there people would not prefer to kind of have a home cooked meal and they'll prefer uh, they order or they opt for dine in the third reason is the increasable disposable income with an increasing disposable income people would like to spend on these kind of services people would like to go and spend out now just to give you a background of the indian food services market the indian food services market is around 4236 billion rupees now if you see the major market share is with the unorganized players these unorganized players are the street vendors are people who are are not a part of a change they are just where you go and have food on the street so they have the majority market share which is more than 50% and the market share that we are supposed to talk for this discussion is the qsr chain market share which is just 188 billion rupees 188 billion rupees out of 4236 negligible billion. which which is negligible actually exactly it looks negligible but <laughs> in the future the growth rate assigned to these chains is very high as compared to the unorganized market so the growth opportunities in the indian food market is tremendous for these qsr chains definitely and and i think that's why you know all these uh, foreign brands are throwing money in india because they want to capture that piece of growth in india because i think us is already saturated you know the growth there is limited china itself companies have already invested a lot it has grown so the next wave of growth that's going to come in the food industry it's probably going to be in india and i think these companies not only uh, you know not only burger king but mcdonalds and every other big food company out there they want to grab a piece of that market share so i definitely agree you know qsr industry in the future does look very bright and if we focus on burger king india i think growth is already mandatory for them because as you mentioned you know in the franchise agreement they need to open 700 stores by 2026 uh i think that's a bit tough isn't it like given the covid exactly. situation exactly from the current store count of around 260 to go to 700 that kind of a huge ask so on an average i think they need to open 70 odd stores every year which is it means there is implicit growth factored in the company and the more stores you open the more money comes in but it's a double edged sword because the more stores you open the more capital expenditure you need to spend and we'll talk about it later in our the financial segment but it's it's a double edged sword and it could hurt burger king in india going forward because they don't have the best of balance sheets to go on a store opening spree and that is something that they need to be careful about and one of the key metrics to measure growth of a qsr chain is the same store sales so same store sales is measured for those stores which have been operational for more than one year and burger king's same store sale in 2019 was a staggering 
compared to Westlife, which manages McDonald's, uh, Westlife's same store sales was seventeen percent. However, you know you need to keep in mind that Westlife has a lot of stores, and the more stores you have, the harder it is to maintain a higher same store sales. So it remains to be seen if Burger King India can maintain such a high same store sales numbers even after continuous store expansion. And like you spoke about the food services market, you know there's no doubt that organized sector will continue to chip away at the unorganized sector because I think. Let me ask you a question: If you were given a choice to after covid like after things open up there's a street vendor and then there's a qsr chain where would you eat your food so this is one of the positive benefits of covid that has happened with these qsr companies people will be conscious about their hygiene so they would likely be focus shifting from uh, these unorganized players to these organized chains which can guarantee their hygiene and safety for the consumer and i think that food delivery is also one of the main reasons why these chains are growing at such a breakneck speed because with zomato and swiggy it becomes very easy to just open your mobile open an app and then just it's just one click away so again one of the biggest beneficiaries of this rise in food delivery is the organized market and i i think they are going to continue to grow and the biggest beneficiary it remains to see whether burger king can capture most of that benefit i think we will discuss that in our next segment that you know dominos is very well positioned but as an industry qsr looks very bright so moving on our next parameter is competition and i i'm sure that you have a lot to say about this yes i do so as i said the indian qsr industry is competitive so currently dominos that is jubilant foodworks leads the way in terms of store count as well as the market share by revenue this is then followed by mcdonalds which has westlife development then afc then comes burger king right now burger king lags behind dominos subway kfc and this is just a part of the market there are other players in the market which are not categorized so the indian qsr industry is quite segmented and even if you look at the sector wise allocation these qsr players normally open their stores in the metro cities most of the concentration are in these geographical locations now if you see at the indian qsr industry major stores are open in the north, northern part of the country barring mm-hmm. the exception of kfc so what they are doing is they are competing for the same piece of the pie barring kfc which has major concentration in the southern part of the country mm-hmm. another part that i'll I like to focus on is the qsr industries have to invest a lot in advertisement and brand recall so that is the main driver which motivates the consumer to come and buy their product now going back into history i'll kind of say an ad campaign of dominos 30 minutes nahi to free that was such <laughs> a successful campaign so actually after running the campaign the company was able to break even in profit for the first time in the year 2006 so that was mm-hmm. the power of this campaign we'll we'll also be able to recognize mcdonalds has their happy meals their value price menu they were the ones who kind of brought 20 rupees burger we used to have mcalu tikka at 20 rupees mm. so these players have been in the indian qsr industry since a long time jubilant and mcdonalds were have entered in the indian market since 1995 and 1996 so they have had an extremely major head start as compared to burger king another thing which has been brought about in this covid situation is a technology advantage that these companies have 
as we already discussed the covid situation has had, had an impact the restaurants cannot have dine in facilities so this technology they people being able to order through their apps people being able to order through swiggy zomato or any other food aggregator has become a very important source of revenue for these companies now mm. jubilant and mcdonalds have had an head start they have their own apps running people are used to their apps and ordering burger king has not had that advantage so this is where these two companies also have a technology advantage over say burger king another point that i would like to focus on is the fixed mandate of opening 700 restaurants the company currently has close to 260 restaurants functioning and they have a target to open 700 restaurants by 2026 they have to mandatorily open these restaurants now in the indian qsr industry what happens is locations are open branches are open but it takes time to be profitable just to take an example of jubilant as recent as last quarter they have decided to close 100 unprofitable stores wow so you may open locations but it takes time to get profitable so they have kind of kept a benchmark that if the store if the location is not profitable within 3 years they'll kind of take a call whether the location has to be closed down or not one task is to open the locations the other task is to make the locations profitable which burger king till date has not been able to do we'll discuss it in the financials part but even if a company like jubilant takes time they'll have to close locations burger king will also face the same problem then another point that i like to highlight is the break even time that is required by these qsr players just as i gave you an example uh, jubilant entered the indian market in the year 1996 but they started earning profits in the year 2006 Westlife development which is which handles the franchise for the western and the southern region they are still grappling with the problem of profitability so they are not able to continuously deliver profits mm. so these established players have found it difficult to maintain profitability another example that i would like to give is of dunkin donuts so dunkin donuts is a brand which is owned by jubilant uh, they are responsible for the franchise network in india Dunkin Donuts took a time of 6 years they had launched in 2013 they bre- they broke even in the year 2019 and how did they break even they had to reduce their number of locations so currently they operate in around 32 locations pan india so that is how they were able to break even so profitable growth is difficult to find in the indian qsr industry another point that you had highlighted was on the same store sales growth Burger King had a same store sales growth of 29% but they also had a low base they are bound to deliver such a growth percentage compare that with Jubilant which is already an established player compare that with Westlife Development who have around 300 locations pan India they are still able to deliver close to 15-16% and Burger King delivers 30% because their scale is less so mm. same store sales growth will hit a plateau and then it is up to the company how do they handle and kind of motivate the consumer to come back and buy products from them definitely because i think that you know compared to its peers uh, burger king has to do a lot of hard work it has to grind each store out because like you mentioned it's not easy to make every store profitable and reaching that 700 landmark store count is it's not going to be easy for burger king so you know they have to work really hard to compete with the likes of jubilant foodworks westlife etc and dominos which is operated by jubilant foodworks has around 1350 stores 
all over india whereas burger king just has 261 exactly. stores so it is nowhere near the scale that dominos has and even it's it's i think 100 or 150 stores lesser than what mcdonalds has in india so also in terms of market share dominos mm. is the leader with 21% market share followed by mcdonalds and kfc and burger king is the sixth position with a 5% market share so uh, you know exactly. it's it's a long road ahead and one point that i really like that you made was that the advertisement campaigns that these qsr chains have had uh, you know over the years like dominos with the 30 minute free ad campaign and then meals that mcdonalds have come with the innovative menus you know the i, I remember you telling me that they came out with a mexican burger something so you know exactly. again burger king has to constantly innovate it has to constantly shuffle its menu it has to come out with a marketing campaign that generates a level of excitement about its brand people have to perceive it people have to have that image like whenever someone says burger king the burger should be in your mind and that should be a very tasty burger in your mind and till now in the 5 years that burger king has been op- operational in india i think the image is still not there so to really establish its uh, brand in india it's going to take a lot of time and even to break even i think it's going to take the next 2 3 years at least for burger king to i think conservatively if we're talking it's going to take time so you know it, it's not going to be easy especially uh, f- with competition from the likes of dominos and mcdonalds also uh, to mention some other names subway is also a very big player and the unit economics of subway are amazing so uh, to compete in this fiercely competitive market they have to constantly stay on their toes and they have to constantly innovate otherwise these bigger players are going to grab that market share and burger king will be in trouble i think going forward so our next parameter is financials and what do you think are the numbers looking good so sadat before going into the financials i think so we should dig deep into the unit economics of these qsr players so as you said uh, dominos has the highest number of uh, outlets at 1354 uh, followed by mcdonalds so mcwestlife development have close to 311 outlets burger king has 261 outlets now the order value that is the average ticket a customer spends is similar uh, when you compare burger king when you compare mcdonalds when you compare dominos but what is a striking point is the cross margins now these players have a very high cross margin so burger king has a cross margin of close to 64 65% westlife development has the, around the same margin which is at 64 to 66% uh but dominos dominos has a gross margin of close to 77 to 78% which is the highest among wow. the qsr players that's a lot <laughs> that's a lot exactly so a pizza that you buy uh, the raw materials that go into it are only close to 21 to 23% mm-hmm. yeah another point that i would like to highlight is the capex that is required for these players to set up a shop so dominos requires the least amount of space to open an outlet which is close to around 1400 to 1600 mcdonald's has uh, requires close to around 2600 to 3200 whereas burger king has outlets which are comparatively smaller if you compare it with a burger chain like uh, mcdonald's at 1300 to 1400 so this kind of reduces the upfront cost that is required for these players to open a location enter into a new location but bear in mind a major expense that these companies have is the royalty that they have to give to the foreign holding company now 
uh, McDonald's and Burger King have a royalty of around a five percent. But bear in mind, Burger King has to pay an additional one-time fee for every location that they open, and one of their mandatory objective is to open new locations. So mm-hmm. they'll they'll be spending a little bit more. as one time fee on opening new locations if you compare that with dominos so jubilant has to pay only 3 to 4% as royalty to its uh, foreign parent company so on that front i think again jubilant is better positioned i think because uh, i i think with every store royalty does make a difference because it's a recurring revenue thing that you need to pay to the holding company so again i think on that front as well dominos is in front agreed so dominos beats its peers hands down in the operating metrics and the unit economics uh moving on to the financial side of things so burger king has been able to achieve operational profitability but it has not been profitable so the pat has always been negative but what we we would like to first focus on are the positives that is the revenue has grown so as the locations are keeping on increasing the revenue has grown and it has shown a tremendous growth in the revenue however it has not translated into the bottom line it is still running into losses it has not been able to achieve a break even or become profitable that is after 6 years entering into the indian market another thing that i would like to highlight is the covid impact and how these players have kind of coped up with it so if you compare companies like jubilant for every company the dine in had to be stopped so they were kind of relying on the takeaway or the delivery side of things besides that jubilant has been able to achieve growth yoy as compared to last year and how have they achieved it they have achieved that by controlling the cost of their raw materials so they have further increased their operating margins so that is the benefit these established players have been able to achieve Domino's. If you compare that with uh, McDonald's, Westlife Development, they have also seen an uptick in their uh, online delivery side of things. But if you compare that with Burger King, they were slaughtered and they were slaughtered badly due to COVID. Yeah. So COVID kind of hit them very badly. It hit them such hard that they they kind of had to postpone and delay their target. They were supposed to open seven hundred locations by twenty twenty five. They had to delay it by a year. Oh yeah. Just because of COVID. so so i just uh, i think you know covid was really a big blow for the company i think you also told me that the company was slowly shifting towards profitability but because of covid the revenue again it was slaughtered and they were back exactly. in red yeah it was very close to achieve profitability but uh, then covid hit them and hit them hard yeah to give some numbers i think for the 6 month ended 30th september 2020 the company had incurred a loss of 119 crore and revenues had declined by 68% and they had to close down most of their stores during the first quarter i think only 40 50 stores were operational in the first quarter and they gradually opened in the second yeah. quarter but you know the first quarter was it was very bad and it shows you the reason why burger king is not able to compete with the likes of dominos and westlife is because they don't have the supply chain management and the omni channel presence that these companies have at that level because if you have 1300 stores you know you can do a lot of business even even when things are not looking good you can maneuver that crisis and you can work it out so we we've seen that and also the problem of being in a food business is that you know your raw material is perishable so 
when you close your stores exactly just like uh, burger king did here all the food inventory that was lying in the stores that was perishable and that also you know hit them hard and they actually had to write it off so uh-huh. one of uh, the main things that hit him hit them was these perishable commodities because they had to write it off so yeah i mean the raw material went bust also if you think you know the biggest risk going forward is the mandatory requirement to open new stores so like you said burger king has to achieve that 700 store count by 2026 what this means is that they have to incur a lot of capital expenditure each year it does not matter if your company if your business is not good you still have to open that store you still have to go out you have to still you know choose that location even if that location is not good you still have to open it so i think that's one of the biggest risks because the company is still making losses and 119 crore is not a small amount especially when you are at the capacity level of a burger king brand so you know the the only way that these guys could fund that growth in the long term is either through raising more capital or through bank loans and you know the books could suffer in the long run if they open new stores and the new stores don't work out then it's going to be really tough to you know just come out of that situation and and yeah. so that uh, this is bound to happen so it is not possible that every company has a 100% hit rate so there are bound to be locations which are not performing great so then it is the call of the company how do they achieve the target of 700 also how how do they make their business financially positive so that they kind of start generating profits so that is where the management and their expertise is going to come into the picture definitely i mean if if you're the management working at burger king india it's going to be a big headache for you and it's going to show like the management quality as well we we've, we've not covered that in great detail here but management quality and the strength of the management will be reflected in the way they maneuver the situation because i think it's honestly i think it's going to be very difficult given the situation that you know not every store like you said is going to be successful so there are going to be store closures as well and burger king is still at 261 stores at this point in time so on a net basis they have to open 70 stores each year and exactly. i mean they they have to be increasingly cautious about spending money and they have to allocate capital in a very efficient way so let's see <laughs> how that goes it's it's going to be a tricky ship to run and uh, coming to our next and the most important parameter valuations so how does the stock look from a pricing perspective so sadat so this is something which has kind of appealed to a lot of investors who have put in their money in the ipo as we had discussed the company is not able to generate profit so pe in this situation is not going to be a correct measure what we can do is compare the ebitda margins burger king has an ebitda margin of close to 12 to 13% which is just a tad shy of what westlife achieves but is way behind what jubilant achieves with with its dominos franchise so on that front jubilant kind of takes the lead if we compare the ev by ebitda ratio so this for burger king is 29 that for westlife development is 34 and that for jubilant is 38 so burger king is comparatively cheap as compared to these peers mm. what we can compare and use another financial metrics is ev by sales for burger king it is 3.6 for westlife it is 4.8 and for jubilant it is high at 8.6 mm. so here burger king kind of gives a value proposition to the investors and that is the response that they have given to its ipo <laughs> but i would like to highlight one point 
as early as uh, may 2020 they did a private placement to its parent company and the value of the share of the company was 44 rupees so the value at uh-huh. which the company is bringing in its ipo is in a price band of 59 to 60 and they have gone ahead with allotting shares to its promoter company at 44 so that is kind of being greedy in this bull market <laughs> yeah i mean it's been what uh 7 months from me and in that period of 7 months i don't think a lot of a lot has changed i think in those 7 months the value would have gone down i think exactly so, covid hit them hard so <laughs> so uh, i i think you know like you mentioned they're just capitalizing on the insane run that the market is on right now it does not make sense it's not logical i've been saying it every show every week and the the market still continue to go up like it doesn't matter it does not care for you know whether the economy is in recession whether the economy is contracting for three straight quarters doesn't matter and i think that's why every company is looking to bring out its ipo in a you know in this situation because even with a valuation of like they're listing at 59 to 60 and just 7 months back they gave an uh, issue to its own entity at 44 rupees a share so even after that they can afford to bring that ipo and probably be successful at it so i do think that you know people could probably take a look at the books before investing in burger king i also think because the reason why jubilant and not westlife but why jubilant is able to command such premium in the market is because of the way it runs because on every exactly. count on every uh, metric that we have analyzed here jubilant is the clear winner it has you know the most market share it has the highest gross margins in the industry it has the highest to count in the indian market so that's one of the reasons why jubilant is priced as such and burger king although it's looking cheaper in comparison to its peers but i do think it's justified the reason why it's cheap is because it's nowhere near the scale that westlife and jubilant has so just just be on the watch out i would say so to just close it out what what would be your uh, recommendation for people who are already who have applied for the ipo and who are also looking to probably buy the stock after it lists on 14th of december what would you tell those people So Sadat the response to the IPO has been great or should i say it is a whopping response <laughs> but yeah but we'll have to keep in mind that the company is yet to prove itself in the indian market so my recommendation for investors who kind of get allotment in the ipo is to take the benefit of the tremendous grey market premium that is currently going on and to lock in their listing gains and for new investors who are on the lookout i would say just keep the stock on a watch list and kind of see how the company performs because the company is yet to prove itself prove itself that it can sustain a profitable growth definitely because i think even if you look at the previous 3 years it's still loss making september quarter september half year ended has not been kind to it you know it's not been able to capitalize on the uh, work from home thing that has caught on so people were still ordering pizzas dominos was still doing good but you know no one i don't think a lot of people had ordered from burger king because it was clearly evident from the sales so they failed to capitalize on the online food delivery revival that took place in the second quarter and i think for the people who are just who get the allotment like you said book those profits i would say and for people who are looking to get in new shareholders who didn't get the allotment but 
probably are the ones who buy stocks on the ipo date probably just hold back look for two or three quarterly results see if the company can bounce back you know how that store count is going up are they able to open new stores what is the capex flow that's happening and just you know probably there are i think better stocks out there than burger king which you can put your money in so keep it on your watch list and i would say just give it one year and if if burger king can deliver on its promise if it can you know generate that level of excitement probably have a good marketing campaign then the stock can go from your watch list to your buy list but again you know before doing anything do your research don't take my word for it and uh, again rishab thank you for coming on the show it was a pleasure having you and i hope because you are the guy i turn to whenever an ipo comes out so the next time probably we'll do a show before the allotment psych, uh, the allotment window closes we'll we'll try do that so that's a big responsibility on my shoulders i'll <laughs> try to keep up with it definitely definitely I, i love having you on the show and you know your perspective so be in touch and uh, that does it for today's edition of bazaar people on the show may have certain recommendations to buy or sell but don't buy or sell based on what you hear do your own research before you take any investing decision and let us know what you think of the show you can reach out to us at the bazaar podcast at gmail.com if you have any topic suggestions if there is any company that you want us to analyze you can reach out to us and that's it for this week we'll 